Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and I'm always pleased to have Jill Mott here as a guest. She's a sommelier from Hem- Henry and Son, and we spend uh, time talking about beers, wines, and spirits. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Emily. So glad you're here. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I wanted to chat a little bit about, you know, as, as a recommender of wines for a living, um, I often get you know, can I get a Sauvignon Blanc? Can I get a Pinot Grigio? You know, people come in with an idea in yeah, mind, yeah. which I think is great um, or a, in a price point and such. But um, something that I've been doing for quite a while on and off, just depending on the occasion, is something that a friend and I featured in a virtual tasting um, episode that we did most recently for the shop. And uh, it was really fun. We decided to each think of a wine that reminded, that was like an exemplary version in our minds of the other person, right? And so I chose a rosé sparkling wine, a pet nat, which I've mentioned on the show before, has like a natural carbonation, mm-hmm. um, a dry rosé from the Loire Valley. And we didn't tell each other what we were choosing. And so, you know, we cracked the, I cracked the cork. You know, she, of course, she was like, her eyes got big and wide eyed because it was pink and it was sparkling. Um, (laughs) And she's like, you know, she asked, of course, like, what, why, why'd you choose this? You know, she reminds, she's like the life of the party. She makes me laugh. Um, You know, she's smart. You can, you can, you can just have a good time, but you can also go deep. And with this wine, um, so I chose a wine called Le Sot de Lange is the name of the producer. And the wine is called Le Sotis, and it's from a kind of a rare grape to find on its own, a red grape called Groyou. And I'll put, put these recommendations up online. But the wine is um, a really, you know, you can guzzle it. Hence, you know, you can have just a great time, lighthearted. Or you can really give it its due diligence and think about it and think about how grow you turns into a sparkling wine, like what, what it's like. And hence, you know, um, you know, going deep and having more philosophical conversations. And so that was really fun. And she loved the wine and she agreed. She's like, yes, of course that is just like me. (laughs) 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 And then she cracked open uh, a wine that was, she immediately, it was red and it was sparkling. And I thought, "Oh, Oh yes. Lambrusco. That's got, that's me all over. And then I went to smell it and I immediately was put in my place because it was not Lambrusco. Um, <laughs> it was like black, like dark raspberry compote with leather and like really, really expensive balsamic vinegar notes. And when I tasted it, it was, uh, again, a very dry but red sparkling wine as opposed to a rosé made just like the Le Sot de Lange. It was in a pet nat fashion. And I was like, wow, this, you know, it was delicious. It was good. And I said, what, what, why, why red sparkling wine? We both thought it was funny that we both picked sparkling, you know, pet nuts. Yes. But um, she was like, well, you know, Jill, with you, it's always comforting. Like, it's, I'm always feeling like I'm in a safe space. And at the same time, like, I just can, every time we chat, it's just like peeling layers upon layers upon layers of, like, who you are and, you know, the intensity and stuff and I thought and I was like kind of got teary-eyed on air <laughs> on the camera I was like good lord just like tone it down a notch it was really sweet um and so what the wine she had chosen for me was a wine called um I, I know I've mentioned Onward and Faith Armstrong's wines once or twice on Jazz 88 before mm-hmm. and she makes this pretty rare sparkling Carignan 
which is a grape that normally you would find a lot in southern France. Here it's planted, it's a, there's a single vineyard planted in Mendocino that she, old vine, Carignan, really intense, really beautiful, and, um, you know, a, a great value in the world of like sparkling wines and sparkling red wines. So, and both wines have um, almost no sulfur added to them. So they're literally just grape juice and no funny business, which is <laughs> right, right up my alley. I don't know about everyone else. But <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned they were both pet nets. Just remind us what that is again. Yeah. So a pet net stands for Petillance Naturelle uh, is short for that. And um, like natural pétillants, so natural bubbles. And it's the ancestral way of making sparkling wine long before, centuries before champagne was quote-unquote invented. Mm-hmm. Um, people would bottle their wines with, uh, the taste was for a little bit of sweet wines. And if wines dried out uh, as the, you know, the, har- or the fermentation would kind of stifle a little bit in the fall and winter due to cold temperatures and then it would sometimes it would start up again in the summer and spring and when it did that um you know there were many occasions where you know they didn't know about yeast back then so they would feed 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 on those leftover sugars and produce co2 and you'd be left with either naturally sparkling wine that people ended up loving or it they'd blow up everywhere because <laughs> bottles were not strong enough in those times <laughs> And it's, it's recently, you know, with the love of fermentation and kimchi and sauerkraut and all these, you know, yogurt and all these things, um, uh, love of naturally occurring sparkling wine uh, has also seen a resurgence. So there are more pet nats now in our shop uh, than there are champagnes, like by three times as many, oh, which is wow. fascinating. Yeah. So it, this time of year, are there any new beers out for summer? Talk to me about uh, some beer choices. Well, there's this, there's this gentleman who um, is known under the name of McKellar. And McKellar, he got his name uh, brewing in Scandinavia. He's from Denmark. And he, he was a gypsy brewer. He basically brewed all over the world um, with various brewers. And he became so well-known and his beers sold out um, at the drop of a hat that he's kind of set up shop in a few places. And we are very lucky in San Diego to have um, a McKellar outfit that makes beer. And um, if memory serves me correct, it's San Diego. And they came out with something called Raspberry Blush. Okay, now I know. I just know (laughs) what you're thinking already. Um, But it's it's a dry, slightly sour, not too sour, raspberry-infused Berliner Weiss beer. So meaning it's made with barley and wheat, but if you like kettle sours, if you like, you know, Fair States Roselle, for example, you'll adore this. It's got a little bit more complexity than the Roselle, say. And they spike it with a little bit of coffee, which don't let that stray you. My mother, who hates coffee, <laughs> would drink this if she drank beer. Okay, let's just throw two <laughs> things in there. Um, but, uh, you know, so you don't even know that's there. What it ends up doing is gives a little touch of complexity and lift to the raspberry and it's an outstanding 4% alcohol, tall boy, try not to drink six, delicious <laughs> beer for spring and summer. Wonderful. McKellar, what's it called again? McKellar Raspberry Blush. You'll never hear me say those two words again. <laughs> I believe you. refer to that beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Jill Mott, will we have you back in two weeks? 
Most definitely, yes. Jill Mott is a sommelier from Henry & Son. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. Thanks for having me.